Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. And I'm Nick Amaral. And welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, the podcast for instructional technology coaches. If you are currently in a coaching position or are looking to become a coach, this is the podcast for you. Nick, how are you doing today? Doing good, Jeff. Uh, you know, just wrapping up some projects that we have and uh, moving on to some future-ready work that I've kind of been in, in swamped and encompassed in for the past couple uh, weeks now. Oh, it is so good to hear that you guys are getting ready for all the future-ready stuff. There are so many tech coaches around the, uh, the the country, really, that are getting themselves and getting their school districts into future-ready. Um, Nick, give us a little bit of a background here. What exactly do you need to do to become future-ready? So, you know, there's a, a, sort of like an application process, I guess, of, um, you know, of compiled paperwork and, and exemplars and artifacts that you need to put together. And the idea is to show whether you are hitting these things on a curriculum strand, um, a PD, tech coaching, um, personnel strand, and also a strand that's as far as like, you know, technology and networking and all that. And whether your district is doing the things in order to support student learning at a higher degree. You know, the Future Ready movement started a few years ago, and even recently at the FETC conference, when you're looking at the program, there's a lot of uh, sessions that have that Future Ready logo. And, and you know, really all it is, it's about creating something and building a brand, a brand that people know about and a brand that people can trust. And that's what we're going to be talking today about on Ask the Tech Coach podcast, how to build your brand. Now, there's, of course, a lot of things involved in building your brand, and we can't hit them all in this show. So today we're going to be talking about just the first three things, and we're going to call today's episode Part 1. Next week we're going to be dealing with Part 2, but today we're going to be talking about three unique things that a tech coach needs when building their brand. Now, you might be out there going, hey, I'm interested in doing this. What do I need to do? And I'm going to answer that question very, very easily. Number one. Check us out on Twitter. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach. Leave us a voice message with all of your questions on this subject. We would love to answer them in our follow-up episode. You can, of course, email us at feedback at teachercast.net. And you know what? If you'd like to be a part of this and all of our shows, you can leave us a voicemail with your questions and comments over at teachercast.net slash voicemail. Guys, we want to say thank you for subscribing to us. We are available wherever podcasts are. And, of course, all of our archives can be found over on AskTheTechCoach.com. We have some great stuff going on. And you know what, Nick? Last week we put out a fantastic episode on a subject that uh, kind of new to this show here. We talked a little bit about how to do professional development in a Microsoft world, mostly about how to do Teams and how to do OneNote. And, uh, Nick, I know you weren't available for that show, but we got an awful lot of questions. Nick, why don't you tell us a little bit about one of the questions that we got from our show last week? So, Jeff, one of the questions that came in was, what happens if your district uses both things such as Google versus Microsoft? Is there one that you should go with? And, and, you know, that's, that's an important question, and I'm glad that somebody spoke up with that question because there are so many districts that are – you know, they're, they're Google schools, but they still have O365 accounts. Or they're, they're officially a Microsoft school, but they've also got Google Apps for Education. It's not an easy question to answer, right? Like, if your school district is leaning a specific way, like, let's say that your, your district is a Google school district, but they still have access to all the O365 tools. It's like, what do you do as a tech coach, right? Do you push Google Slides? Do you push PowerPoint? Do you push Google Sites? Or do you push, 
Microsoft Sway. Which one do you do? I got to be honest here. I, I, I don't have a complete answer other than just make sure whatever you're pushing is the right answer for those who you work for, right? I would always defer to your administration and say, look, what happens if somebody wants to do a project and Sway is the best answer for that? Am I allowed to push that or do I need to go and make a Google slide presentation? What would you, you know, really, it, Nick, it all comes down to communication. And that's a great point, Jeff. I'm, I'm in a district, you know, just putting it out there that that we are like this. We use, you know, we have Microsoft access to the to the suite. We have access to Google. We have access to Apple. So, you know, or should they be using pages? Should they be using Google Docs? And and I always say that same answer. I say, look, it depends on what you want to do and what you want to get out of it. You know, if you're doing collaborating, great, use a Google Doc. But in essence, I think if you want to use a Word Doc, a Word Doc is still you know, a Word doc. And, and if it's not going to change anything too different from what they want to do, uh, I kind of leave it up to the user on what they feel comfortable uh, and what they're going to do with that document when they're done. You know, I, I think every school district should come up with a plan that says we use this. Right. And, and it's it's because it's confusing. Right. Especially when you have a lot of teachers that you're trying to train a lot of office staff and you're trying to put together some kind of an internal thing. Um, and I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but I mean, really, every district should say, look, we are Google Drive or we are OneDrive or we are something else for our online storage. You, you really can't run an efficient operation when you've got multiple online systems and sharing. And so that's a different story. Like, you know, we use docs. We use slides we use whatever um you really should have one standard rule of things but look if somebody wants to make a powerpoint fantastic if somebody wants to make a sway fantastic if somebody wants to use google drawings it, it does end up getting messy though after a while doesn't it especially if somebody says oh but wait i want to use keynote and everyone's also right. using <sighs> there's yep. not a really good answer for this other than you know you shouldn't shy away from all this technology because essentially you're teaching the students how to be a well-rounded content creator. Absolutely. And I think you're right. I think it just comes down to, in the end, you know, to make it easier on, on everyone, if we can designate one platform, you know, where everyone knows that they're going to go to to get their docs or what tools they're going to use. But in essence, exactly. We don't know what they're going to use when they get out of high school at the college level, at the business level. So again, to just at least be adaptable and be able to say, hey, I've tried them all. That's great. So, Jeff, I'm talking about personal brand. How do we, you know, what is it? What do we do? How do we start moving in and talking about building our tech coach brand? And, and you know what? I, I, this is such an important topic out there. We've been getting a lot of emails about it recently. We talk about it a lot on our on our Voxer groups. Uh, we've been talking about it on our mastermind. We'll talk a little bit more about our mastermind later here. But, but really, it all comes down to branding, right? And so today, we're going to talk about things that we can do, three things specifically that we can do as tech coaches you know, maybe to get our names out there, maybe to get seen, maybe to get our next job, maybe to become a presenter, maybe to become a featured speaker. Today, we're going to be really nerding out about a couple things here. So we are looking for comments. We're looking for your thoughts. If, if this topic isn't for you, I totally get it. Um, if there's somebody who's maybe not a tech coach that might be interested in learning about this stuff, please do us a favor and share this podcast with others. We're going to be accompanying this over the next few weeks um, with various blog posts on each of these different topics as, um, as we have a chance to pop things out. 
But really, um, you know, it is about creating a brand. It's about being memorable. It's about having somebody say things like, you know, have you seen that ditch that textbook guy? And you go, oh, my goodness, have you met Matt Miller? He's so wonderful. And so really it comes down to what are you doing to be memorable? And, Nick, that just takes us into our Tech Coach Tip of the Week. So our Tech Coach Tip of the week is, you know, the idea of building a brand and how that is more than just a business card and a logo. So it's all about how you present yourself to others online and in person. And you want to be able to build the brand that you want and not the brand that others are going to perceive themselves. It's about being memorable. It's about being that, 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 again, it's hard to it's hard to explain brand without really saying the word brand, right? But it's about being recognized, right? And so today we're going to be talking about three different things here. We're going to be talking about, you know, tech coach websites. Not the way that we did before. Not the here's my resource website. But really, how do you – how what, what do people see about you when they go onto your website? We're going to be talking about websites. We're going to be talking a little bit about social media today and what tech coaches can do on social media, where they can go, how they can create things. And then we're going to wrap up, Nick, today with a topic that is, you know, I think it's under thought about, which is our presentation slide decks. The things that really make us stand out and make us look a little bit more professional maybe when we're at conferences. So we're going to be talking about those three topics today. But Nick, first, let's kind of kind of go around and, and talk about what makes up a brand. Now, Nick, do you have an idea of what the word brand means? Let me just ask that simple question here. So obviously when I think of the word brand, Jeff, I, you know, I start thinking of, of companies, right? I think the logos start to come to mind. And when I start to think about them, I think about what is the essence of that company? You know, one that I think about just, I remember commercials, Volvo, right? Like you see the commercial, you connect Volvo to safety and security and, and family as part of that brand around Volvo. So I think that in essence starts to signify and define what brand is. Um, for tech coaches, it, it's it's you, it's your persona, it's it's what I think your what you're known for, your attitude, the things you've done, and people know what to come to expect about you. When we're looking at identity, right? When we're looking at parts of your brand, it, it really comes down to like five or six things here, right? Identity. Who are you? Who are you really? Right? Like, are you hiding behind some kind of a tech coach mask or are you really just showing yourself off and being authentic with people? Um, you know, a lot of times when we think of a brand, we think of a logo, we think of a symbol, right? We can all think of all, you know, you drive down the road and there's your favorite store or restaurant or, you know, what is that symbol that people think about? You know, um, you know, if you've heard my show, you've heard the story, right? You know, J July 11th, 2011, I, I woke up and, and I had this vision for an apple with a TC in the middle. And next thing you know, the, the first TeacherCast logo was born. And, and that's become my symbol, my brand. That's what you see when you look at the podcast and the website. And even though the logo has changed a little bit over the last seven and a half to eight years, that is my symbol. And, you know, we can look all around. You know, again, I'll, I'll bring up my good friend Matt Miller, who does Ditch That Textbook. When you see that crumpled up yellow, when you see that trash can, when you see that, that kind of that, 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 that image, you think ditch that textbook. You think Matt Miller and you go, Hey, that is an awesome, awesome guy. And there's a lot of, you know, tech coaches or techie people out there that have 
fantastic brands. You know, if you think of Flipgrid, if you think of uh, what, you know, uh, Breakout EDU, these are nice brands that have great images and have nice looking logos. Nick, what, when it comes to the ed tech world, what logos kind of stand out for you? You know, obviously the big ones, you know, we think Google has built a, an empire and a brand and, and Apple, right? You know, just seeing their Apple logo and, um, but, you know, anything to Schoology, just doing work with Schoology or any of some of the, you know, the LMSs, I think just seeing the logos, the logos stick out to me. But when you know the logo and you've played around with that tool or you've come in contact with those people, you kind of know what they're all about. Jeff, a little bit to put you on the spot. Obviously, you've built the brand around TeacherCast. My question to you, is this something that someone who's new to tech coaching should start to do right away? Or should they establish themselves as a tech coach first? And then the idea of building that brand, like, you know, when I say that, I mean, should they start establishing maybe the logo and the symbol and the website presence beforehand or do it once they've kind of become more established? I, I think these are they're not even two different questions that you're asking. I think it's multiple questions. If you want to be a tech coach, you don't need to worry about much of all of the, that we're going to be talking about here, right? It's different. Um, if you want to be a speaker, if you want to get um, a, a book deal, if you want to start a podcast, if you, if you want to put yourself in a uh, in a realm, I'm trying to use the right words here. If you want to put yourself in a realm where people are noticing you, where you are um, going to be known as this person who does this, then the answer really is, yeah, you should be thinking about all of this stuff. Um it, it it took me a while because TeacherCast started off with as just I want to make a podcast with my friends, and then slowly over time you kind of turn around and say, oh, I guess I'm building something here that you'd never really realized it. So I I, I want to just kind of make this you know look if if you are right now a, a a wonderful teacher and somebody says would you like to be our tech coach, none of this matters right like you don't need to be worrying about all of this stuff. Um, but if you are interested in getting into the speaking circuit or maybe you want to go find a position elsewhere and you want to have a little bit of a presence behind you, maybe to help your resume stand up or, you know, find some some things on social media. These are kind of important topics. And that's good to know, Jeff, because I think we get that question quite often about, you know, us as Ask the Tech Coach and U.S. Teacher Cast about, you know, what should they do to establish themselves as a tech coach? And it's great, again, to kind of reiterate the fact that if you're just the want to get into a tech coach, this isn't something you have to have established now. But again, if you kind of want to take yourself maybe a little bit to the next level, looking at a different position, whatever it is, then these may be things that can help establish you there. So, Jeff, if we're thinking about building this brand, then obviously something we've been working on with me has been my tech coach website. Talk to me a little bit about building websites. Obviously, you're the guy to go to. You do a lot of work with that. You've now established a new 
uh, domain name, right, around websites. Talk to me about building a Tech Coach website. Yeah, over the last couple of years, we've had a lot of teachers come to us and say, you know, hey, TeacherCast looks nice. Could you help me with that? Or could you help me take my own website to that next level? And so I'm excited that we are actually in the middle of uh, putting this kind of a site or a landing page together. Um, but the domain name is Educational Web Design. And you can go there right now. All that you can see, you know, uh, and by the way, we're, we're, we are recording this at the beginning of March 2019. Um, so maybe by the time you, you listen to this, the site will be live. Um, but we're putting together a, a little landing page to help teachers where if you want to learn how to make your website look better, we are here to help you. If you'd like us to help you with your website and do some of the work for you, um, we're putting together a team of web designers who have uh, who have actually done some of your favorite websites. Um, realized recently that there's just a group of four or five of us that have really been uh, working behind the scenes on some of the, let's call it the more popular speakers out there. Um, a lot of those speakers come to a, a few, only a few people to do their websites. Um, so I'm wrangling up some of these web designers and saying, hey, let's help out everybody in the education world here. So if you go over to educationalwebdesign.com, uh, you can fill out our Google form and ask some questions. Um, or in a few weeks, we're actually going to be launching a full-blown site to show you guys what's possible. And, uh, you know, if you guys want some help, we're here to help you out. Now... There's a few things that we're looking at when you're look, you know, when you want to make a website. Number one, we're looking at fonts, we're looking at logos, we're looking at colors, we're looking at the visuals. But really, Nick, and this is something I want to bring up to you. The question is, what do you call your website? What is that domain that you purchase to get your website? And Nick, I want to hear you give the right answer. <laughs> what what is the right way to look at your domain? Because there's a few different things that are out there I'm seeing people do. But what is the right answer for what domain should I find? Yeah, so I think the right answer is your name. And I think it's what you think people are going to be able to Google. And they're not going to Google something totally creative and outside the box. They're going to look for you. And so by Googling your name and making your domain your name, in essence, you're going to be able to build that brand a little bit easier. I couldn't have said that better to you many times, Nick. <laughs> right? Yeah, I learned it as a pro. <laughs> and for that reason, like what, what, what are we, what, what did we do last month or a few months ago? Um, we helped Nick purchase a domain name. Nick, what is your domain name? So my domain name is nicholasamaral.com. What was your domain name? <laughs> edtechforay.wordpress.com. Now you see the difference out there, right? <laughs> because, and, and I, look, I'm going to pick on Nick for a second here and, sure. and, and, you know, we're, we're having fun with this, but. You know, as I said to Nick many times, nobody Google searches EdTech Foray. Right. Right? Um, right. At this point, right? Now, look, if Nick was 15 years into this and he was an author and he had a podcast and he had a, uh, all these wonderful things, I might have given him a different answer. Right? And, 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 and this was my mistake. A lot of times I talk about the things that I've done as a mistake, right? Like, I built up TeacherCast but I never built up Jeff and, and some might say that was great. And some might say that that was a mistake, but I, if you're starting off and you're looking for a domain name for your website, always, always, always get your name.com 
or as close to it as even if you have to put like a middle initial out there always have something in there um so domain is always good we, we always say the words tld or top level domain it should always be your site now the question of course is well what happens if i have a really funky twitter account can i buy that domain and the answer is yeah you could do that but my suggestion for you guys always is put your name as the main url and then get your Twitter account and forward it over. Um, Google just works better if your name is there. Because, again, everyone's going to be searching for Nicholas Amaral. They might not know what an EdTech for A is. So, right. so keep keep your name in mind. That is the number one currency that you guys have. Now, the next thing on here is finding you know, what platform to use and what the right host is and all those different things. And I'm going to do this really, really quickly, right? You know, everyone says, well, what platform should I use for my main professional website? Should I use a Google site? Should I use WordPress, Wix, Weebly? I don't know, you know, all these different things, right? The, The answer that I always give is this, get your domain for each of those platforms. Try all of them out and then come up with the best one or two, right? So when I started off with TeacherCast, I got a Blogger account. I got a WordPress account. I got a, a Wix account. I got a, all these different, and I just tried them out and figured out, okay, what while I was building TeacherCast in my mind, what platform worked the best? And I got to tell you, I chose the wrong one. I chose a platform called Sandvox, S-A-N-D-V-O-X. They're still around, great application, um, but Sandvox took TeacherCast from zero to about six or eight months or so. And then I found ta-da, WordPress. And <laughs> since then, I've been a WordPress guy ever since. Now, which is the best for you? Um, depends. You know, we want to talk about a few things really quickly here. Like, do you want to make a website for yourself or do you want to make a blog? Right, Nick, you've heard of those two terms. Absolutely. And and I always think about that, like what is sort of the goal of your site? And I know I struggled with that, Jeff, at the beginning. I found, Obviously, I find myself, English teacher me, writing more and more about just kind of putting a little bit of a story element to what it is. So blog just seemed to uh, fit my needs. I wasn't kind of building a full-blown website in my head of, of, of just resources. So hopefully I went about that the right way. But I, but again, I do. I struggle with that idea of, of should it be a blog? Should it be a website? Are they the same thing? You know, in essence of a person typing in the web address and going to it, does it have something to do with layout? So um, I'll toss that right back out at you. Should How should they then decide whether it's going to be a blog or a full website? So let's just take a moment and, and talk about the definitions of the two, right? A website is static, static content, meaning content that doesn't change, right? Usually it's things like your about me, your bio, your, your, your maybe you have a media page, maybe you have a, you know, a page with your presentation, things that don't change, right? A blog is a diary. It's a journal. It's a you know reverse chronological order. It's got posts and stuff like that. That's the that's the quick and dirty answer of all those different things. Um, many websites are just that. They're websites. Many things are blogs. Um, you could have a blog that has some web pages to it. You can mm-hmm. also make a website that has a blog to it. Um, generally, I say things like Google Sites, Wix, Weebly. Those are website creators. Whereas WordPress is a blog. 
but a blog that can have pages. Just like Wix and Weebly is a right. website generator that can have a blog rule to it. Now, there's a lot of other topics in there. And if you're looking to deep dive into any of these topics, Nick, I recommend anybody heading over to edupodcasting.com. That's edupodcasting.com. We've got some great links on how to make a website, how to deal with things. And we're going to be talking all about that stuff over on our educational web design and, and edu podcasting channel. So check out that stuff over on TeacherCast. We have a lot of information for you. Once you have your website, it really just comes down to what people want to see and where you want to find it, right? Um, we can talk a lot about what is on your main homepage. So for instance, for the longest time, TeacherCast was just a blog roll. And last year when we did our redesign, I made it into a static website that's got blog content on there. So, you know, you go to the website and it's got a big image that says, sign up for my this, sign up for my that. And, you know, then what's the next thing we're looking for? We're looking for sidebar widgets, right? And sidebar widgets are those really cool things that you can move around and you can put calendars and you can put images and you can show people where you're presenting and, and what great things you're doing and click here. There's a lot of neat things that you can put on your website. And, you know, Nick, it really just comes down to what do you want? Now, Nick, I know your website's going to be going through some changes. What can we see from your website over the next few weeks? Yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm trying to, obviously, my main page is, and the main focus is going to be the blog, which is going to be more about, you know, uh, just education in general, you know, it's not going to be anything too specific, it's going to be more about ideas and, and, and um, things I'm tossing up and wanting to try inside PD and outside the classroom and things like that. Um, but I think what we're going to find now is maybe some, like you said, some static pages within that, that maybe house materials or lesson plans or whatever, just some things that I've done. I, you know, I always get people that reach out and, Hey Nick, uh, you know, I saw you post about, um, you know, uh, a lesson or a unit you did with the road, merging the road with the walking dead. I, that was something I always got teachers and people reaching out to me about. So sharing just some of these resources and, and finding, you know, how my blog can now hold, hold and house some of these things that might help people out. Friends, before we move on with our show, I wanted to let you guys know, I have been in education now for almost 20 years and I've seen the changes some students have come to face every single day, whether it's going through school hungry, not being able to see a doctor when they're sick or not getting the proper rest at night. These challenges make it hard for kids to focus on their learning. I remember a story of a student who came to my office one day and she could barely stay awake due to all the circumstances happening around her at home that were beyond her control. I didn't know what I could do and I wanted to be able to help her out in any way that I could. Thankfully, Concordia University in Portland is leading the way with their three to PhD program that helps to combat students' fears freeing them to pursue their highest dreams. They're revolutionizing education by creating a holistic model that provides groceries, healthcare, and even clothing to students right here on campus, helping them thrive and helping our communities strengthen and grow. Concordia's College of Education offers online and on-campus programs where students have the opportunity to learn about a more compassionate approach to education and see how nurturing the whole student can lead to amazing things. To learn more about how you can help students conquer their monsters and achieve their highest dreams, visit cu-portland.edu forward slash let's conquer. That's cu-portland.edu forward slash 
let's conquer. And we're use the hashtag nature educate grow. So Nick, we're back and we just got done talking all about our websites and how our website is really that first you know, it really is that first visual that people find about you. And I want to take some time now to talk a little bit about social media, right? And when we come to building our brand, social media is extremely important. Everybody says, find me on Twitter. And then what do we do? We go to your Twitter account, your Facebook account, your YouTube account, all those different things. And, you know, really, when we're coming up with a brand, we're looking for consistency between all of these things. And, and again, I'm not one to... to you know, my horn on this because I'm not even following my advice. My Twitter accounts are professional. Um, my Instagram account is personal and that's totally okay. My YouTube channel is mostly business, but it's kind of got a few extra things in there for, for some subscribers. But let's talk a little bit about, you know, maybe some best practices for your Twitter account, Facebook and stuff like that. Nick, do you have any, any suggestions for, for how to make your, your Twitter account maybe stand out a little bit? So, you know, one of the things, obviously, you know, I use Twitter and uh, Facebook. Um, I'm not that big uh, as far as Instagram and Pinterest go. Um, but I do find that, you know, I love to just showcase things that I'm doing or that, you know, I've been working on in my district. I love to highlight things that teachers are doing within my district and, and pushing out the great work or lessons and activities they're doing with their students. My stuff is all professional. You know, I don't really have a, I'll say, I'll call them a personal Twitter or personal Facebook. Um, I also don't brand anything only specifically to my district. I think, you know, I treat my I professionally, my Twitter and my Facebook as a professional me who would take on the role of really kind of in essence, whatever district I was working for, but it's, it's still me. And I'm just highlighting the great work. You know, I think what we're starting to see, and I don't know, Jeff, I, I just see this going around all the time. I, I'm not quite sure how to describe what I guess my feelings are is people are putting obviously in their Twitters, you know, the, these are my own personal views or, you know, this is a personal me on my post. And I'm not quite sure if that really protects you from anything really, but I just know that, you know, some people put it out there as just a hope that maybe people are not seeing it as it, it takes an onus of their district. But, you know, I just see, I love seeing what people are doing in their districts and I get away. I get a lot from that. So I think if you're highlighting what your teachers are doing, especially as a tech coach, um, and you're just pushing out the work that you're doing at PD and coaching, that goes a long way and speaks volumes to other tech coaches and to teachers just to be able to grab these resources and run with it. I, I totally agree, right? Especially if you're trying to get your name out of there as a tech coach. Um, you know, having having an identity, having something that's mm -hmm. interesting, having something that is um, able to be, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, this might be a little, con con uh, you know, confrontational here. I don't know if that's the right word, but able to be read. Mm -hmm. We've all seen the Twitter accounts. We've all seen the domains that when you're looking at it, there's like numbers in the middle and there's a whole bunch of other weird things, right? You got to create some kind of a brand and some kind of an identity that people could number one, search for number two can can speak right like mm -hmm. and again I, i'm i'm gonna pick on you for a second i don't know what an ed tech 4a is sure right and, and so if i don't know what that is that might that's hard to understand right um 
so always come up with some kind of, you know, your, your Twitter account could be your name. It, it could be a, a funky thing. Like, again, we're Ask the Tech Coach or we're Ask at, at Podcasting Today. You know, it's some some kind of a branded thing. Um, but the idea is we want to make our, our Twitter, our Facebook, our, our, our Instagram, and, you know, our YouTube, we all want them to look the same thing, right? And I, I'll tell you, my, my secret weapon in all of this is Canva. Canva is a fantastic yeah. application. It makes a lot of great graphics. And the neat thing about it is it's got all of the templates that are updated constantly for all the social media channels. And basically with Canva, you can actually create, this is, I'm not paid from Canva, by the way. Um, with Canva, you can actually create a, a brand um, identity where it gives you your fonts, your colors, or all, you know, you can come up with, customize everything there. But then you can create a Twitter background, and by the push of a button, it automatically turns around and makes the YouTube background. Awesome. Really, really neat and really, really easy. All of the graphics that we do on, on TeacherCast, um, they're Canva, Canva made. So I, I love using Canva. And, and really, you're looking at, you know, again, the visuals that go on your website, that go on your social graphics. Canva is great because not only is it good for your desktop, but it's also good for, you know, Macs, with PCs, Chromebooks, uh, your phone, Absolutely. iPads are great. A lot yep. of neat things that you could do with Canva. Um, you're a Canva fan too, or do you have another graphic app of choice? No, definitely. I, you know, I go to Canva for pretty much everything. And, and Jeff, like you said, even on your phone, it's, it, I have the app. It's so easy to use on the phone and I've created things, you know, or made edits to things when I've been out and someone said, uh, you know, I do a lot with an edgy snack with a colleague of mine from a local school district down by my house. Um, and sometimes I just have to make updates or we say, Hey, you know, when's our next meetup? And I'll just jump on my phone. I make that edit. I push it out in Twitter. So my banner on my blog was created, um, through Canva and work I've done for school sites and stuff modified and edited through Canva, my tech tip posts for my weekly tech tips, obviously created. So I love it. And like you said, I've come up with a color scheme. I've kind of have a little bit of a brand and template that I go to and uh, push them out from there. One of the things that I always, you know, suggest to people is when you're doing things like YouTube videos or other types of video content, make professional looking bumpers. We call it bumpers. You might call it a, a graphic or a, a header image or something like that. But, but you know, the, the bumper is important. A lot of times you see people put stuff up on YouTube and then they let YouTube choose the thumbnail. And then what ends up happening? YouTube chooses a pose that you know, your hands in the air and your face is kind of snarly and, and it doesn't look good, right? All it takes is you go into Canva, you make an image and, and, and I don't know, maybe, maybe we'll come up with some kind of a, a, some kind of a template for everybody out there. Um, but there really, you're, you're looking, there you go. There you're looking for 1280 by 720. That's your bumper graphic for your YouTube channel. Um, so check out Ask the Tech Coach soon. We're going to be giving out bumper graphics for, for all these different things. <laughs> um, but seriously, with all of that, you know, it, it just comes down to a matter of keep yourself looking professional. You know, again, have Absolutely. that brand, have it on your website, have it on your, uh, your, your Facebook, your Twitter. I didn't say this yet, but I'm one of those guys that believes that if you're making a logo, you need two. You need two logos if you're going to be creating a brand for yourself. Do you know why, Nick? No, Jeff. Why is that? Well, usually on the top of our website, our logo comes in some kind of a rectangle form, right? But on our social medias, it's some kind of a square. 
Now, if you look at anything that's out there, right? You know, if you let's just take the big three, right? McDonald's, Wendy's, and Burger King. They all have rectangular logos, but then they also have nice squares that look similar but different. And same thing with Apple, right? Same thing with Microsoft, right? Like Microsoft has the square and then it has the words Microsoft branded on it. Or if you look at their Twitter, it's just the square without the word Microsoft because you know what that logo is. So I highly recommend when you're creating things, have two logos. And, you know, TeacherCast has two logos. One's a rectangle and one is the just the Apple itself. And sometimes underneath the Apple, I put the word TeacherCast depending on, you know, social media and stuff like that. So always have multiple, you know, points of interest on all of that stuff. So we're going to take another quick break here, Nick. But when we come back, we're going to talk about the all important topic of presentation slides and how you can make a splash at your next presentation. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for checking out today's program. I wanted to take a moment today to talk to you about my friends at Student Treasures. You see, Student Treasures has been turning students into published authors for more than 20 years. They've been providing everything that you need to turn your class into published authors, and they do it for free. Student Treasures' free publishing kit makes it easy, and this hands-on writing activity motivates your students to write and inspires them to learn by turning their writing and illustrations into a -a one-of-a-kind book. Creating a class book promotes student collaboration, builds self-esteem, and is an easy way to incorporate all of the educational standards. You see, when you turn your students into published authors, you'll automatically receive a free teacher's copy of your class's book along with any copies ordered by their parents. Nothing will motivate your students more than seeing their work come to life in a real book. But don't take our word for it. More than 440,000 teachers have turned over 14 million students into published authors with Student Treasures. You don't want to miss the looks on their faces when they see their works come to life in a professionally bound book. They'll love looking back on this treasured keepsake for years to come. Learn more about publishing and turn your class into proud authors at studenttreasures.com forward slash teachercast. And we're back here. And Nick, you know, we're talking a little bit today about how to create a brand. And, and you know, people ask, is a brand created overnight? And the other question I get often is, do you create the brand or is the brand created for you? And those are interesting questions. What do you think, Nick? Is a brand something that can be created for you? You know, I I don't think so. I think you're the one that is creating the brand. And that's why I think almost, I mean, me personally, I think that you want to build that brand yourself and you don't want people to be able to interpret the brand in different ways. So what you put out there in essence is going to then become part of that. And and I think of this even in essence of for students in digital citizenship and, and building their, their learning about their digital footprint, you know, everything they've done and created in school is in essence becomes part of their brand and what they're going to sell to go to college or that job later on. So um, no, you want to be in charge of that brand and, and, and not let things kind of dictate and build it later on on their own. I, I agree with some of that. I, I agree with the idea that you want to be in control of your brand. But I got to tell you, I, I, I kind of believe that a brand can be created for you, right? For instance, let's 
and again, if we're going to define brand as something that is an identity for yourself, let's say that Nick, let's say you work in a building that has two, two floors, right? And every Monday you walk into that building and you, you do the first floor and then you leave. And then the next week comes back and you do the first floor and maybe you hit some of the second floor. Well, the brand you're creating for yourself is he doesn't care about the second floor. That's the identity that you're getting in your district. Let's give another scenario. Let's say that without even thinking about it, Nick opens up his blog and he's only writing posts about learning management systems. He's not out to be learning management system person. He's just, he's excited about Schoology and he wants to try everything and he wants to show off all those things, right? Maybe he writes some Google, maybe he writes some Apple, but you know, 80% of what he's doing is learning management systems. Well, next thing you know, Somebody says, I want to do a conference on learning management systems. And some total random person goes, I know who to call. Let's go call Nick about that. He's the learning management system person. So in essence, you're not out to create a brand called I'm learning management system boy. You are actually just creating all this content. And the world has kind of branded you as the learning management system expert. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that makes sense. You know, I, I think where I s struggle with that is, is that in essence, just a part of your brand? Or is mm -hmm. it really you becoming right? Like, like, I almost think like, I agree with you in the sense that there is something else dictating it, that's sort of building that brand alone. But I'm not sure that that just becomes your brand more the more than it's just another part or extension of your brand in general and maybe that's the easy answer i don't know i don't it's know an right interesting question you know I, i'm i'm thinking right. of shaquille o'neal right when he was <laughs> right. in the nba what was he known for what was his reputation what was his what was his brand i'll give you a right. hint he couldn't hit a free, free throw, throw. <laughs> right? right you wanted to hack a shack because he couldn't hit the free throw and you know so again the brand was created. He didn't go out and try to be the guy that didn't make a free throw. He, he worked really hard at it. He just couldn't really do it that well. So I'm, right. I'm saying this to you because whatever you guys are looking at doing, sometimes it's created for you and sometimes you're created, but you, you always are in charge of nurturing things. And that's why it's important for us today to end with this uh, first part of our branding shows by talking about our presentation slide decks. Now, Nick, you have a very particular style as do i of creating slide decks and let, let me see if i can describe <laughs> your slide decks here because I, I, sure. I really think the world of them and i and i want you to know that um they're fun they show your personality and i know every now and then i'm going to get some kind of an animated graphic that's going to kind of go <laughs> that's kind of neat that's kind of clever am, am i am i right about your slide decks yeah, and I think you've nailed it, though. I think, at least for me, a big part of my presentations is I want you to get my personality. I want my personality and my... my uh, your, your, your foray. My foray, yeah. My, my energy. I want all that to kind of come off in my presentations. And I feed off of my presentations. You know, like, when I'm putting them together and I'm coming up with these funny or looking for these funny animated, you know, images and gifs and whatnot. And, and like you said, they do pop up every once in a while. When I see that it's a talking point for me. And I, I use that to engage the audience during that workshop or that, that 
presentation. So yeah, and, and I hope that people understand that, hey, when I'm looking at this presentation, I hope that they can sense me speaking to them. And the way I write in my blog and the way I write even in my presentation slides, I hope is in essence sounds like they're listening to me. And, you know, we do the same thing here on our teacher cast slides a year or so ago. And I redesigned the website. I was also redesigning my Google slide deck. Everything has the right fonts. Everything has the right colors. Everything has the right style. Everything is branded. I even created a slide deck just called the teacher cast uh, slide deck template or whatever it is. And on the back of my slides, um, and I'd be happy to show anybody if they're interested, but on like my last slide has every one of my uh, logos that I use. And when I say logos, I mean, I've got logos for, you know, doc sheet slides, keynote, uh, word, PowerPoints, you know, anything that I might need to pull while I'm creating a slide deck, I put everything back there. Right. So, you know, I also have the Google educator badges and the Microsoft badge, you know, anything that I need to pull from. So that way, when I'm building my slide deck, I simply copy that Google slide, um, file, and, mm -hmm. and then I just have fun with it. And I don't have to worry about searching for the apple or the orange or the pear or the pear deck, anything like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, a little bit of tips when it comes to these different things, because we want people to come to our presentations and know that we're, you know, we're serious about doing this. We want to have fun, but really it just comes down to, are you on brand? When I look at your slide deck and I look at your website, is this the same thing? Are these two different people, right? Are the logos the same? Another thing that's important, and we don't see this a lot, and I would love to see it more, or I'd love to help you guys create more of this, is, you know, just the idea of what happens before the session starts and what happens after the session starts. A lot of times you go to a session and people just say, see ya. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes you go to a session and people say, hey, look, give me your email address. I'll send you something fun, right? Like what is that one thing that as people are leaving, they kind of take a little bit of you away with them and that way they remember you maybe for another conference, maybe for an interview, maybe for uh, listening to a podcast. What is that one or thing that you want people to remember or take away from your suggestions? And Nick, you've had some some good experiences. I've had too of, you know, after the conference, people have come up and say, hey, could you do this for me? Or, hey, I've got a question about this. Um, would you speak at my it really comes down to what can we do at our presentations to make ourselves memorable? Absolutely. And, and yeah, I've gotten that. And then, you know, I think that that just speaks volumes to them being engaged with your presentation and your persona and, and, who, and who you are as a speaker, presenter, tech coach and whatnot. And, and, you know, I've done a few things before where I've just had people, Hey, can you, you know, I wasn't at your session. This is always a great little, you know, just acknowledgement is I, I wasn't at your session, but I heard great things. Can you share me your presentation slide deck? And I'm always saying, yeah, absolutely. I'll send you my slide deck. And if you have any questions, reach out and then I'll go into more depth, you know, about it. But I've also done it like you and Jeff, you do it on TeacherCast all the time. It's it's, you know, here's a here's a takeaway, a giveaway option. You know, I've done things where it's just, hey, here's just five quick little tips. You know, if my presentation was on designing and building digital playlists, then here's my five tips that were scattered throughout my presentation or my workshop that hopefully you can take away and remember. And then people see it and they go, hey, 
if I got a question, I remember to reach out to Nick and I remember his presentation and, and it all starts to piece everything back together again. It really just helps set your presentations apart from somebody else. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like if any of these topics that we're discussing today, uh, you know, hit you positively or negatively, we would love to hear from you guys. Of course, you can find us on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach. Leave us a voice message over at TeacherCast.net slash voicemail or email us over at feedback at TeacherCast.net. We would love to hear from you guys. And and maybe you guys have some some branding uh, tips that you use, things that you might try in your presentation to kind of set your presentation up to be a winner. We would love to hear from you and do that. So that kind of wraps up part one. We've talked about websites. We talked about social media. We talked about slide decks. And, and you know, Nick, we got some, some pretty cool topics for our next show. Um, but really, we're going to be helping you guys out with all this stuff. Again, if you guys are looking for a great website or if you're looking to redesign your website, head on over to educationalwebdesign.com. That's educationalwebdesign.com. We would love to help you guys out by, again, either giving you guys some tips and tricks for you to design it yourself, or you know what? We are here to help you guys out. I've been doing web design ever since about 1995 or so, and I've created a lot of websites for some of the people that you guys follow, and so have the people on the team that we are creating. If you're interested in doing something like that, check us out over at educationalwebdesign.com. And we will help you guys create a fantastic brand for your next outing. Nick, where can we find some of the great things that are happening in your neck of the woods? I noticed that you're busy. You've got some some great reviews that you've been doing of some of these uh, fantastic apps that are out there. I know you're going to be presenting soon in uh, in Metuchen, right? We're going to be we're going to be seeing each other in what like two weeks, three weeks at at MeTech. Yeah, we're going to be there together. Uh, I'm not going to say down the shore. I guess mid Jersey, right? Kind of central locale. Um, and yeah, just, I'm going to be presenting on digital playlists, which is something I did, uh, at the NJEC conference, uh, in Northern New Jersey back in, uh, January and, and people had reached out looking for me to present a little bit. And Jeff, I'm excited that we're both going to be there. And I think that's what, yeah, like you said, two weeks. So I'm excited just a, a topic that I love talking about regardless of, platform i'm going to be talking about using google sites and using your lms and and how to create these sort of these self-paced personalized learning plans and i I, i'm going down there i've got a few presentations myself i think i'm doing the podcasting workshop i think i'm doing google slide animations and i know i've got one more but i don't remember exactly what it is i gotta check it yeah i kind of i kind (laughs) of set myself up and said just keep me busy for the whole day and she's like just keep doing more and I said, all right, we'll do that. So we're going to be doing that. It's called MeTech, M-E-T-E-C-H. I believe the date is, what, the 15th or something like that? Whatever that Saturday yeah, is in March. 16, yeah. So uh, check it out. There's a lot of good things. And if you have any questions about that, you can certainly email us. Um, but we want to know what you guys are thinking. This is Ask the Tech Coach. We are here to help answer your questions about being a technology coach. Maybe you are a coach and maybe you are looking to become a coach. We've got some great things happening. Of course, we have our Tech Coach Mastermind happening right now where you can take advantage of our 50, 100, or $150 coupons. Go over to teachercast.net slash mastermind. Join our community today. We've got some fantastic things, and we would love to work with you this school year. Nick, before we get out of here, how do we find you? What is your website again, and where can we go to find out more information about the great work that you're doing? So my website, you can follow me at nicholasamorell.com, which is my blog, or on Twitter at namorelledu. 
And of course, you can find out more information about us over here on askthetechcoach.com. We've got some great tech coaching blogs, resources, podcasts, you name it. We are here to help you guys out. And of course, don't forget to download your free copy of the 40 Chrome extensions that every tech coach should know about, but probably don't. We challenge you guys. We've been talking a lot about tech coach uh, Chrome extensions, and we want you guys to figure out which ones you need to, to learn a little bit more out by downloading our free ebook, 40 Chrome extensions that every tech coach needs to know about today. And on behalf of everybody here in the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury. And I'm Nick Amaral. Reminding you to keep up the great work in your classroom and continue sharing your passions with your students. <laughs>